From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. While many Australians were focused on watching the Olympics this week, the federal Labor opposition quietly made some significant policy changes. The party has now fallen in line with the government's tax cuts for the wealthy, despite previously labelling them unfair and ineffective. The backflip comes as Labor tries to minimise potential attacks from the coalition ahead of the next election. Today, columnist for the Saturday paper, Paul Bongiorno on Labor's small-target strategy and if it'll work for them. It's Friday, July 30. Paul, this week, the federal Labor leader, Anthony Albanese, announced some fairly big policy changes. Can you tell me about them? Well, Ruby, on the very same day the nation celebrated the extraordinary feat of Ariane Titmus winning Olympic gold in the pool in Tokyo... To become a legend, you have to beat a legend, and that's what we've seen. Australia win gold. Ariane Titmus. Anthony Albanese did a political triple backflip with Pike. It was a move he hopes will bring him just as glorious a victory. You know, it was curious timing to outline a new political direction because if Albanese thinks his latest announcement is critical to helping him win the election, well, why was he doing it when the country's so distracted? I think the obvious answer is Labor simply couldn't waste another minute allowing the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, to distract from his own significant failures to make the opposition the issue. OK, so what exactly did Anthony Albanese announce, Paul? Well, Albanese told a media conference in Brisbane after virtual shadow cabinet and caucus meetings that the Labor Party had signed off on a new tax policy. As Labor leader, I am absolutely determined to look to the future, not relitigate the past. What that means is not refighting the last election, but contesting the coming election with a vision for the nation that is positive, that is optimistic, that provides a pathway... Essentially, he was announcing a reversal of the party's opposition to the federal government's tax cuts targeting high-income earners. A Labor government will deliver the same legislated tax relief to more than 9 million Australians that has already been legislated through the parliament. He said a Labor government will deliver the same legislated tax relief to more than 9 million Australians the Morrison government is promising to do. These are not easy decisions, they're big decisions, but this is the right decision that we are making today, weighing up a whole range of considerations. Now, these tax cuts flatten the tax rate to 30% for everyone earning between $45,000 and $200,000 a year. Uh, They do nothing to make the system fairer. Indeed, they widen the gap between the high end and the rest. Certainly, the biggest winners from the $17 billion a year cost are those earning above $150,000. They were legislated two years ago, Ruby, by the Liberals, and that was over the objections of Labor. And they're set to take effect in 2024-25. And so what were those objections? What did Labor say back then, Paul, two years ago when when these tax cuts were legislated? 
Well, Chalmers at the time said that the tax cuts were unfair and ineffective. Stage three is the least responsible, least affordable, least fair and least likely to be effective because higher income... Labor at the time pointed out the lion's share of this tax relief, some 80% of the $132 billion cost over the first five years, well, it goes to the top 20% of income earners those on $150,000 a year and above, and that's billions of dollars of foregone revenue, putting things like funding the NDIS and aged care under pressure. Mm, so that's a fairly big turnaround there, Paul, from Labor, from calling these cuts unfair and ineffective to now adopting the coalition's policy. So why are they doing this? Well, Ruby, it's, uh, I think, hard-nosed politics. Labor's making the calculation... It needs to run a small target strategy this time, in contrast to the last election, and make the government the big target. One senior Labor strategist told me the announcement was long overdue. If the past two defeats had taught them anything, Albanese would need more time in the run-up to the election to convince wavering voters that he would not be taxing them to death, as the Liberals so successfully claimed against Bill Shorten in 2019. Mm, Okay, so is this purely a political approach then, Paul, the strategy being to mimic the coalition as closely as possible in order to try and avoid being attacked in the way that Labor was last time? If so, how has this gone down within the party? Is this something that everyone is on board with? Well, Ruby, there was some concern from Labor MPs that the backflip would be hard to sell, But according to my sources, there was unanimous backing for the actual change because it would deny Morrison the unfettered opportunity to fight the election on his terms. One Labor MP put it to me bluntly, we're sick of opposition, he told me. The Greens leader, Adam Bant, he accused Labor of betraying its principles. This is a trickle-down nightmare that will see someone on minimum wage paying the same tax rate as a CEO. He said, with Labor backing the Liberals' trickle-down nightmare, Gough Whitlam must be rolling in his grave. Gough Whitlam will be spinning in his grave. Labor has abandoned its values by siding with the Liberals. It is now... But I've got no doubt ringing in Albanese's ears after two election losses would be the former Labor Prime Minister's famous defence of his own pragmatism. Only the impotent are pure, Whitlam used to say. We'll be back in a moment. The Every Moment Matters campaign provides accurate, evidence-based information and advice about alcohol, pregnancy and breastfeeding. It has been created by the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education and endorsed and funded by the Australian Government. Alcohol use during pregnancy can lead to Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder, or FASD, a lifelong disability. So make the moment you start trying the moment to stop drinking. Visit everymomentmatters.org.au to find out more. As a a 7am listener, you're already familiar with many of the journalists who work for The Saturday Paper. For a limited time, subscribe to Australia's leading independent news source, The Saturday Paper, and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. 
Paul, we're talking about Labor's new tax policy. It's an attempt to try and minimise a tax from the coalition. So will it do that? Well, Ruby, government MPs I've spoken to have no illusions that Labor's repositioning has made life harder for Morrison in the election campaign. Not that any of them think the Prime Minister's going to go to the people any time this year. The Liberals are hoping the Prime Minister's midweek prediction that lockdowns will be a thing of the past by Christmas will be fact and not just wishful thinking. That's when Morrison promises the vaccine rollout would have ramped up to such an extent that all Australians who wanted the jab would have at least received their first dose. Albanese's announcement has certainly flummoxed some senior ministers. So you're saying that the government has been caught off guard by the taxation announcement, Paul? Well, Ruby, it certainly sounds that way. Finance Minister Simon Birmingham and his colleague, the Treasurer, say you simply can't believe Labor. That was their first response. The most agonising, the most half-hearted concession in Australian politics ever. Birmingham was wheeled out on Monday afternoon to deride the announcement as the most agonising, the most half-hearted concession in Australian politics ever, and one that can't really be believed. He said Labor can't be trusted with it. But undermining Birmingham's contention that Labor would reverse its position if it won the election is the fact, I'm told, that Shadow Cabinet discussed the option and rejected it. They wargamed what would happen if they decided to try and backflip yet again once they were in power. And they were reminded of John Howard, who promised no GST and then nearly lost government after changing his position at the next election. Okay, so it sounds like this policy is set in stone then, Paul, but even if it does prove effective in terms of deflecting some of the coalition's attacks on Labor, does that mean that it is the right approach? Because aside from it being a reversal of their long-held position, it is a policy that will see nurses and teachers end up paying the same tax rate as CEOs. Well, you're right there, Ruby. There's no getting away from the fact the tax cuts are reckless and unfair, as Shadow Treasurer Jim Chalmers said during the parliamentary debate on them a couple of years back. Their recklessness made even more so at a time when on the government's own predictions, there are deep budget deficits as far as the eye can see. The recent intergenerational report doesn't see a return to budget surplus in the next 40 years. And it's not good economic policy. It's a cold, calculated political move. Labor's pivot on the high-end income tax cuts is aimed solely at making Morrison and his handling of the pandemic and the vaccines and the quarantine the main focus of the election campaign. And Labor hopes if enough voters who are fed up or angry with Morrison, well, they won't see the Labor Party as a scary alternative... That's what happened to them last time and people stuck with the government. The calculation is this time people won't have so much to be frightened about. Paul, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ruby. Bye. For long-time editor Winnie Dunn, there were a few rules she followed when writing her debut novel. I really don't subscribe to writing for the sake of, you know, trauma dumping or getting your trauma out. That's what a therapist is for, please. 
<laughs> please go see a therapist. We're very pro therapy. Yeah, yeah, if that's no, if that's what you're using writing for. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's very therapeutic episode of Read This, I chat with Winnie Dunn. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also in the news today, the New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian yesterday announced a significant tightening of restrictions for Sydney's southwest suburbs after the state recorded 239 new local COVID-19 cases. The new rules mean residents in a number of local government areas will be required to wear masks when outside and abide by a five-kilometre travel limit. And Australia had mixed results in the pool yesterday at the Tokyo Olympic Games. Isaac Stubbody-Cook won gold in the men's 200-metres breaststroke, while Kyle Chalmers picked up silver in the 100-metre freestyle. The women's 4x200-metre team finished third. 7am is a daily show from the monthly and the Saturday paper. It's produced by Elle Marsh, Michelle Macklem, Cara Jensen-McKinnon and Anu Hasbold. Our senior producer is Ruby Schwartz and our technical producer is Atticus Basto. Brian Compo mixes the show. Our editor is Osman Faruqi. Eric Jensen is our editor-in-chief. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. New episodes of 7am are released every weekday morning. Follow us in your favourite podcast app to make sure that you don't miss out. I'm Ruby Jones. See you next week.